Welcome to Unsilent with your hosts, Dave and Brian. This is not another current events podcast. We're digging deeper, diagnosing, and discussing what's really going on today, how we got here, and providing observations for future generations. Welcome to Unsilent. We're Brian and Dave. We're hoping you'll let us know where you think we got it right and where we totally missed the point, which you can do by visiting unsilentpodcast.com. So, Brian, let's get into it. What are we going to talk about today? Well, last week um, I was asking about, we were talking about how the the older people in positions of significant power won't get out of the way. And I'm going to completely contradict myself this week and say, <laughs> and young people are trying to take over with their kooky ideas. And what's odd, though, is more so than I've ever experienced in my life, we're listening to young people at our own peril. So, for yeah. example, um, going back in, you know, a couple hundred years now to the Salem witch trial era, uh, that was another fourth turning. If you're not sure what fourth turning means, and you can listen to previous episodes or just look up fourth turning. Tons of really cool information on it. Um, and that's kind of the, th the thesis that Dave and I are kind of operating around that these are cyclical times we go through where there's great upheaval and we're in the middle of one of those now. So um, going back to the Salem witch trials, the people who started all that chaos were the young people were like, right. I, I think they were preteen or eight or 12 or I don't remember the names and the ages, but the people who started accusing people of being witches were young people and the adults listened. And the adults put right. aside all <laughs> logic and perspective and listen. And now looking at things we have now, I, I watched a video. I've seen it a few times now. It's a young man, um, probably 16, 15, 17, somewhere in there, who is transitioning to become mm -hmm. a female. And he's, he's, he's on video um, going through his first uh, menstrual cramps. <laughs> now and and he's agonizing as he's going through these menstrual cramps and you can kind of see he's smirking like he's kind of cracking a smile but he's being he's he's getting pissed at his parents for not taking him serious and they're going along with this like yeah. oh well of course you've had a you've had a, a whatever surgery so now of course you have a uterus and of course you have menstrual cramps like this is the same kind of lunacy that i'm i'm talking about now so right Dave, from your perspective how would you explain to kenny g in the year 2090 what this is like. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it certainly is, um, uh, uh, disassociated with reality, if you want to put it that way. Uh, yeah. and I, I think one of the things that happens in these, in these periods of time is that, you know, if, if we, if we all think about our own youth and our own, you know, teens and twenties timeframe, uh, we don't have experience. Uh, right. we, we are finally adults or approaching adulthood. And yep. we have, and now that we know something, even though we don't know much, we know something, we have lots of passion around what we know, what we think we know. Yep. And the, and, and I think what ends up happening is like with the Salem witch trials, you, you didn't have, uh, I mean, obviously there weren't people in, you know, flying around in brooms and doing all this kind of stuff, but right. you know, the, the young people are just, are so passionate, are so intense about it and are so intense about what they, here's how it is. Uh, we, we are right. They're wrong. Yeah. They must be witches. There can't be any other explanation. And the older folks are like, well, you know, okay. Well, you, they just don't want to, they just don't want to fuss with it. They don't want to, they think, they hope it's a passing stage. And in most, 
times in, in most in, in in three out of the four sort of uh, generational cycles that civilization goes through. Um, a, a lot of things are transitory are with the youth becomes experienced, learns that, you know, some of the things they're passionate about as youth are not quite as solid and as rock solid as right. they thought they were. <laughs> and they grow up. They turned out to be great ideas at, in the end. Yeah, they turned out to be not so great ideas. I mean, I can think of plenty of things when I was. And so, you know, you, you're a little yeah. bit older, you think, well, that's going to happen with them. But in, in a time of crisis, in a time of upheaval, then. Oftentimes that doesn't happen. The passion of the fourth turning cycle of the, of the, of the generation that we're in of the crisis generation is such that the passion just takes over and it drives things a lot further than it would in, in normal, quote unquote, normal times. And, right. and that's what we've seen happen in, in, uh, in a lot of situations. It's, a, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's an extension of that youthful exuberance. And with lack of knowledge to the point where very, very bad things can happen. Yeah. And, and oddly it's tied directly to what we talked about last week, which is these, these very old people who are still in charge, right. Who are, are more driven by spirituality and feelings and they place a high amount of value on people. Like the, the, the term back in the old days was people finding themselves and like those right. kinds of abstract kind of things. And the outcomes that we're looking for are more abstract and ethereal and religious, I guess, whether, and I don't mean religious, like in a Christian, non-Christian way, but religious in that um, you have guiding principles that, that you're right. adhering to. And, and that um, those people being in charge, they're going to listen to people who are saying things that are, are what you and I would consider to be wrong because you and I are looking at like, well, what's the math? Like mathematically, right. how's this work? What are the right. what are the real facts that are measurable? That stuff has been pushed aside because what we're after is this more abstract awakening or finding ourselves or reinvention of our spirituality or religion or whatever. And so when these kids come along and they say these crazy things, like, well, well, how do you know they're wrong? Like the whole point is to find a new way to think about things. Right. Well, and, and that's and the way that the youth oftentimes views itself, usually, I think all the time views itself is, well, we're not going to make the mistakes our parents did. We're not, we're, our ideas are right. new. And, yeah. and, and the reason, of course, that youth can say that is they haven't had enough time to make mistakes yet. Yeah. They haven't had enough time to figure out, well, we, we really, you know, uh, we might not make the same mistakes our parents did, but we're probably going to make a whole bunch of different mistakes that our parents never made. And, yeah. and those will be just as bad. And so the, 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 um, the, the sort of the, the self-deception of youth, and it's not deception, it's just lack of experience is that, uh, we care more. For instance, in, in this age, uh, the, the idea is that we care about everybody. We care about, about the oppressed. We care about the people. That, and this is where these, these lines of oppressed versus oppressor. I mean, we care about the oppressed and therefore we're going to take drastic, passionate, radical action to right the wrongs that previous generations have done to the oppressed. And, right. and, and it's a, and the problem is then is when, when we have, and we've all gone through this, when you have little experience, when you don't have a lot of, you know, decades worth of experience and, you know, I'm not bashing youth. I, I'm just yeah. saying that this is how, 
you know, yeah, you I went probably through were one at one point. I, I was one. It was a long time ago, but I was one at one point. And <laughs> yeah. and the fact is, when when you are when, when you don't have that experience, you you can say that I'm I'm pure of mission. I'm pure of heart, and therefore, whatever it takes to right this wrong that previous generations have done, this is what I'm going to do. This this also translates if you think about about um, about any kind of intensive action in in societies they usually happen with youth. There's that phrase yeah. that that old men plan wars and young men fight wars, right? Right. The, it's so it's it's that concept that we can use the passion of youth. I mean, biologically, physically, when we're young, we have more, you know, youthful hormones and energy in our body. We're not worried about so many aches and pains. We think we're invincible. And so therefore you, you pair invincibility with an era that we're in right now, a crisis era that we're in right now. And the thought is, well, since all of the all of the the boundaries are off and since we know where the wrong is and there's a singular wrong we're going to we're going to put maximum energy against correcting the singular wrong and the rest of the stuff we're not even going to worry about because we don't even know about it right and and when you say experience like young people like the the flaw <laughs> uh and again I was a young person once too and so I'm admitting this as a person who was there <laughs> the flaw is we don't have experience. And what experience really means is we've not dealt with enough negative consequences from our bad right. choices. Right? Exactly. Exactly. So, so we're, we're simple creatures. We learn from, I stub my toe. I don't want to stub my toe anymore. I'm going to learn exactly. how to do that. We don't, we don't learn from, I've gone all day, not stubbing my toe. I'm going to do more of that. That's not how our brains are wired. No, we we learn from our, negative consequences. Exactly. Right? Okay. So in a situation like now, where the older generation, the elders, the 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 people, um, the baby boomers, and the people who are in their seventies and eighties are more open to abstract and feelings and things like that than measurable factual outcomes. When a kid comes along and says something like, "I'm having my first menstrual period because I've quote unquote transitioned," um, yes, there's the parents who are probably going, "This is maybe not." Okay, but they don't want to have the fight, like you said, or right. maybe they're they're the types who are like, hey, as long as this is anti whatever my dad said, then yeah, this is awesome, right? And and so the kid does not get the negative consequence of somebody saying, what the hell are you talking about? You right. you didn't you didn't have a surgery where you got ovaries and and <laughs> fallopian tubes, and like this right. is not what happened. You therefore don't have the same cramps as the sixteen year old girl Sally in your classroom those negative consequences aren't happening. Therefore the experience is not being gained and therefore we're getting more of this. Yeah. And I think part of it too, is that the, is what we talked about last time too, the, the, those that are in charge, those that think they've got all the answers and the ideals uh, think that they can use this youthful exuberance in this, you know, I think two, one of two things happens either if, if, they know it's wrong. If the elders know it's wrong, they might think, okay, we'll just pat them on the head. They'll outgrow it. It'll be fine. Uh, yeah. Or number two, they'll say, well, we can use that to further our, our own agenda, right. our own political, social, you know, agenda. And, and, the, and of course the problem is that oftentimes that's what happens. But when you're in a crisis era, like we're in right now, then you light the match and the fire 
could get way beyond your ability to control it. And so that's a very yeah. dangerous thing that the elders, the, the folks we were talking about last week, that's a very dangerous thing that the elders do with the passionate youth is think that they can control them and or think that they'll just go away. I mean, in, in historical experience, look at China and look at how many in Mao's cultural revolution, how many of the kids in the Great Leap Forward, how many of the kids ended up in their passion for their, their patriotic fervor and their philosophical fervor for the country ended up turning in their parents and, and, yeah. and they got killed millions and millions. And, got killed. and I'm going to ask you more about the, the historical uh, things here in a second. One, one of the things I want to, before I forget that I want to explain to Kenny G and again, for those of you listening, if I don't explain this right, this is a great place for you to go to unsilentpodcast.com or go to our rumble channel where you, where you can see the video here and, and post a comment. And if I get this wrong, um, it, it's it's got to be odd for somebody listening to us last week when we just got done railing about Mitch McConnell won't get out of the way and Nancy Pelosi <laughs> like they're the ones like they they're with, they're holding on to all this power and that's a problem and then here a week later we're talking about well yeah but also it's the kids and their and their stupid ideas that are going unchecked that's the problem <laughs> and somebody would be listening going what the hell are you talking about you just got done saying the old people are the problem now you're seeing the kids are the problem like what what is this and I think that's one of the 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 points i want to make about this moment in time is none of this stuff makes sense and it's yeah. all overwhelming right. and there's so many things like this like we're on episode 18 and we haven't even scratched the surface yet of the things we're all the things we're arguing about as, as a society right. all these things are happening at once and there's so many moving parts there's so many things that you're seeing it's 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 not possible, I don't think, to like put your finger on more than a couple of them. Right. Well, that that indeed, that's exactly right. So, we're, and this is, I think, part of the the reason people disengage and why things then get worse. Because are are we capable as as a society of addressing a lot of our problems? Yes, we are. But yeah. do we do it? I mean, why are there problems today that maybe thirty years ago? We could have solved, but today we get zero progress on it all yeah. because we're we're bouncing around like a ping pong ball from yeah. crisis to crisis to crisis. How are race relations worse now than they were 15 years ago? How how yeah, is it even possible up from 15 years ago? Like these things, how is border security worse than it was 15 years? These things are insane. That that, that yeah. these things are even, um, yeah. So so going to the like the historical stuff, it feels to me, and again, I'm going to ask you because you're like way more into history and understand the stuff better than I do. It feels to me like, imagine you had a problem in your house with a mouse and you said, okay, well, I'm going to, uh, I can't, I can't get the mouse out of here. I'm going to go get a, I'm going to go get a snake to eat the mouse and the snake eats the mouse, but now I have a snake in my house. So now I'm going to go find a, uh, some kind of, what are those dragons or whatever to oh, eat the yeah. snake. Uh, and okay, and then and the dragon eats the snake. Well, but now I have a dragon in my house. So then I have to, and it kind of feels like that is what's happening with these these ideas. Is we're is some people who have influence and power are so after crushing people who have opposing views that they do that. But the monster they create to crush the opposing views is bigger than the original problem with the person with the opposing views. Does that kind of feel like what's happening to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think part of the, part of the challenge with the elders is the, the elders, 
you know, when, when you're young, you can see it very simply. And when you're, when you're really old, you can see it very myopically. You can see it through your own lens of history and, and that's all. And you can't see, yeah. you know, the permutations are outside. And so, you know, so the elders might say, well, yeah, it's, you know, youth is, is, is just a little bit, you know, more exuberant and we were exuberant youth. Right. And, you know, I mean, w- yeah. when they were protesting in the sixties, they, they weren't protesting for, you know, uh, anti-biological facts like uh, a man can become a woman and a woman can become a man right they were protesting for uh things that i think a lot of us can agree are were, were good things uh, you know yeah. uh equal treatment of the races you know uh, other things of that nature gender sexes uh, religions like all that stuff yeah yeah and so i think and when when you're when you become sort of set in your ways and sort of calcified in your viewpoint of how the world is when you're you know ancient like some of our leaders are then yeah. you tend to to view these things that that are just so you know anti-reality that maybe youth might be pushing in their passion and their, their exuberance is well this is just like what we experienced back then not realizing that it's not and not realizing yeah. that it has the potential and this is like again why i think uh you know we've we've spent time talking about the these generational cycles in in the cycle that we're in right now there's there's so many things that are sort of outlandish and and really out there that we wouldn't have thought we would be dealing with that it becomes almost impossible to deal with them all and to, right. and to really try to uh to the, the the elder responsibility is to train and direct the youth to to help them put their their passion and their energy and their their youthful um you know exuberance to good use to help them with it not to control yeah. them, but to to you know give them the you know hey i made all these mistakes and so i if if you don't make these mistakes you'll be better off than i was well that's that's the responsibility of of the eldership and but the eldership to a great extent is using it more cynically than that and is saying yeah. well we can use these people like you said to get our enemies and yeah well, and, I, and i don't think that to be clear i you tell me if if, if you think I, i'm getting this part wrong of course but i don't think it's a it's a conscious thought no like i, I think it's i hated my stepdad or i hated my grandfather who had or i hated my own mom who had these values or whatever and they were foisted upon me and i'm rebelling against that subconsciously or whatever is going on there and this this group of young people or this young person in my life comes along who shares in those anti-establishment whatever um i'm going to help them i'm going to promote those ideas whether or not they're sound ideas or not doesn't matter as long as they're not what my stepdad that i hated they're not his idea. And for the record, I'm not talking about my stepdad. I don't mean, I don't mean like <laughs> that. But but those kinds of authority figures, um, I, I, as long as it's anti them, it's awesome. But if the idea really sucks, like that's that's not even a thought. As long as it's anti the person I'm rebelling against, which could be, uh, you know, somebody who had influence over my life who had traditional values. Is that is that making sense? Is that yeah, it's a subconscious I, I think, thing, not a conscious thing, right? No, I, I think it is subconscious. I think it's two things. I think it's some of it's subconscious, and I think some of it is just clever marketing. Uh, you know, <laughs> right? I mean, I mean, you, you know, it, people are getting paid and all this stuff. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I think a lot of it is clever marketing because you know, if if you understand that youth are very passionate, if you understand yep. that that that's just the, the nature of being not youth today, but the youth of of, yeah. of all ages, youth are very passionate. And, um, if you, if you get that and you know that, that, 
youth don't have the experience to say, uh, just because they haven't been a lot alive long enough yeah. to say that, you know, the exercise of these passions in this way will lead to a bad outcome for me and everybody else around me. Then a, a a clever marketer like uh, the chairman Mao's of the world or the Hitler's of the world, or, you know, the, any of the the people that we might look at in history and say we're, we're evil. um, They can take advantage of that and use that to, to their benefit. And, and also the, the other thing about youth too, is you're, you're coming into your own, you're you're coming into the, your own while your generation is coming into its own, and so right. there's this there's this you know uh, desire to go along with everybody in your generation. We're going to change the world. We're going to do it together. And yeah. so the the wolf pack mentality, the the now that that mentality affects you know everybody, but it especially affects us when we're youth. We don't want to be seen as much as bucking the yeah. crowd. Cause it's, yeah, you, you, you do something that the crowd would make fun of you for. And that, that's a, that's a penalty worse than death. I mean, for, exactly. for a 13 year old kid or a 16 year old kid. Exactly. Like, yeah. So help me. Cause you understand all this historical stuff way better than I do. What was it? What was, what was the, 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 I've heard the term Hitler youth. I've heard, is it brown shirts or brown coats? Brown, yeah, the, brown shirts were they, yeah, they were pretty much young people too. Most of them. Okay. So who were the brown shirts? Let's just start with that. Like who, who were the, who were they? Help me understand. Like what, what, what was their purpose? Well, well, all of them essentially were to, uh, whether it's Hitler youth. I mean, I've, I've heard the songs of, you know, it's, it's, what is it? It's springtime in Germany. And, you know, it's these, these little upbeat songs and, and rhythms. And they're, they're talking about how wonderful. Oh, I'll have to Google it. Oh, it's, it's, (laughs) you know, we listened to it. We're like, what you know what? it's just like saying freddy krueger's here he's such a nice guy <laughs> so you know no i mean it's it's um the the it, it's it's a real a campaign to get everybody uh on the same page around the societal imperative and and if if everybody feels the pain so if you take a look at germany if you take a look at china if you take a look at a, a number of these times there was there was great shared pain And then somebody comes along with a positive vision of what could happen. And then it's, it's much easier to get the youth along, along that ride. So shared slogans, shared, I mean, if you, if you go to rallies, any rally, it doesn't matter when the rally is, you can go to the rallies that are happening right now. There's simplistic little shared slogans and flags or uniforms or shirts or, masks in the case of antifa like there it, there's a costume or a symbol of some sort right there's symbols they they all go to belonging they all go to yeah. a greater purpose uh than than and they also go to we are important uh, you know part of that's we are important we're not gonna make the same mistakes our parents made so that you know go fills fits and, into and that I as think well the critical part of this is the parent, the mistake our parents made were being duped by the, the evil Jews in Germany. And who was, who was the, I don't know, history well enough to know, who was the scapegoat? Who was the bad, who was the villain in China? Well, in China. So they, they had, um, well, it was, what was it? Chiang Kai-shek and the, um, and the Chinese nationalists that, you know, so Japan had had the, 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 uh, tremendous invasion. I mean, brutal invasion, yeah. uh, of, for, of well, China. For centuries they had, they had done that. Yeah. 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 It, it had been, it had been awful. And so it, you know, here's the thing. It almost doesn't matter 
what the offensive thing has been throughout history. It, it almost yeah. doesn't matter because uh, it's it's going to be we were mistreated, and yep. because we were mistreated uh, by this our, group our, of people, and we're identifying these group of people. There's there's a villain. You have to that's have a, a villain. That's a very that's a very distinct part of this. Is we were wronged. That's unfair. Right. This is the villain, and therefore we are justified to go do our thing. Yeah, and, and the other part of that too is. Our, like in China, our parents didn't do anything about this. Our parents were ineffective in doing yeah, anything about this, or they, or they were duped. Or so we're going to take whatever. a completely different. We're going to take a completely different path in order to, yep. to deal with this injustice, yep. whatever this injustice is. Yeah, and so and, that, and that's the part I was talking about, like the subconscious part earlier was. And I think your marketing point is a brilliant one. But this is a subconscious thing to just do the opposite of what our parents or grandparents or right. whatever. Right. It it doesn't matter if this new idea is better. It just matters that it's different. Right. Well, and it, oftentimes, I, I think one of the things you could, if, if you look at sort of how generations align too, oftentimes you'll find a generation not aligning with its parents, but having having more affinity for its grandparents. So right. you kind of have 100%. this this yeah. um you, you know and so because it's like well my parents didn't make these mistakes but uh grandpa and grandma you know i can i can identify with them more right and so you know you've, you've got this sort of social dynamic that's that's there that has a, a big effect on it as well right and whether that's accident or part of the creative design of a of the master designer uh of our of our universe and our species and whatever i I don't know. It it is a thing though. There's no question yeah. that that uh alternating generations get along better than sequential right. generations or whatever yeah, that absolutely. Whatever term would be. Uh there's no question about that. And I think that it would have to be that way because it, your parents have to tell you no a lot. And well, grandparents absolutely. should should be the people that that have, get to have the fun stuff. Like they've done their part. Like it's well, fair to me. <laughs> and your parents have the power all of your life. And yeah. you want the power. So yeah. you know um, yeah, so I, I think that's part of it too. It's, it's part of that coming of age and and that that uh, desire to have the power in society. And then yeah. if somebody comes along and says says you can have the power, you just have to yeah. follow me. Then yeah. there, and, then and you have revolutions. Is this thing that your parents wouldn't like? But your parents were either dumb or evil or misguided or whatever. Yep. And all we have to do is vanquish this villain and do these things that your parents wouldn't like, which, you know, you may or may not be okay with that, depending on how much you dislike what your parents were all about. Right. <clears throat> and, and, and that's not horrible up until the villain is the Jews, for example, right. and we must vanquish all the Jews, for example, or again, I don't know who the villain was in, in China. I'm guessing it was like, it was more of a, a classist kind of a, a well, yeah. regime or something like that. Yeah, well, in China. yeah, you, you've got the you, you've got the the rich people. I mean, it's just like yeah. you know, in France, you had the the you know, yeah. uh, uh, Maria, uh, let them eat cake. You know, so it's the, yeah, the yeah, rich yeah. people versus yeah, it, the oppressed masses. It, it, it's it's always who has the power, right? Yeah. So right. there was a there was a power st structure in place that they didn't like. Right. Right or wrong, fair or unfair. I'm not I'm not criticizing the validity, validity of their point. What I'm saying is the mechanics of how this work are. There's a power structure in place they didn't like. Right. They have a group of people who feel um, that they, they're getting the short end of the stick. Quite frankly, in some ways, it can feel that way because when you're sure. young, you have no money. And yeah. all the old people have all the money because they've got 60 years of working behind them. Exactly. Right? 
and whether again, fair or not fair, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting to that point. I'm just saying the mechanics of how this work are you take a group of people who feel like they're being abused or they don't have the same opportunity. There's a power structure in place where they're at a disadvantage. Yep. A villain is established. And then the, the creative marketing comes in and we say, all you gotta do is these things that you have to belong to our club, which they want to do anyway, because yep. yep. the last thing you want to do when you're 16 is not be in the club. Exactly. And then you, we, we walk you down this path through some clever marketing and slogans and, and catchy uniforms and flags and whatever. And then we're off to the races. Is that exactly that's kind of the mechanics, it right? Well, that that is a mechanics, and and it and it's and it's done in such a way that it sounds like the problem is simple. Yeah, you know, <laughs> just get rid of the bad guys. You, you get rid of the Jews. Everything's fine. Yeah, Peace yeah. We, we get rid of them, and all of a sudden, you know, because they're the impediment to us. They're they're standing yeah. in the way of us. So whether it's yeah. the rich people or the Jews or whoever it happens to be, they're standing in the way. And, and it also, the other thing that appeals to, to youth about that is, um, is it's, it's simplistic. Now, right. By the very nature of not having a lot of experience in life, you, you don't necessarily know that a lot of problems are incredibly complex and a lot yeah. of problems have no real 100% solutions that you have to and, deal and with. And people of manipulate brain. you and tell you the things for your benefit when it's really it's not for your benefit and it's for their benefit absolutely you experience that yet either like people just lie because they want you to do stuff that you wouldn't otherwise do to benefit absolutely. them well in in certainly uh people will will look at folks that look good that speak well that speak with yeah. confidence you know well yeah. this is what's going on and it's like well yeah, that kind of makes sense. That is going on. So therefore, everything else they say must be true. And now we march off with the with the pitchforks. I don't have the knives. studies memorized, and I'm going to get this partially wrong. But there, there, there is a scientific, there is scientific proof that a salesman who believes passionately in what they're selling has a higher close rate than a salesman who does not believe Absolutely. passionately in what they're selling. Absolutely, because we as people who are being sold to, we key on that passion as yes. as an indicator of 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 proof yes right? yeah and and i think that the the important the reason i keep like drilling on like what are the mechanics is because we've talked about on this podcast before the human experience is either we were wronged by people and therefore we have justification to go do the things we're going to do to them right or we were born with this um inherent superiority privilege in which yes. case we are we are what's that privilege yes Privilege, yeah, or or just superiority yeah. that this whether it's God given or genetically or in our opinions or whatever, we are so superior that we we should be allowed to do this thing to these other people. That right. those two those two storylines are the only stories that are ever told in human history. Yeah. And what we're seeing now is the mechanics of how that unfolds with a group of people who are ripe for this. And and by the way, there's there's real problems in the world. Like I'm oh, not yeah. I'm not suggesting that there aren't serious problems. Like I, I I I get that there's real problems. I guess what I'm worried about is looking at how this has happened before and how is it any different. So you had right. the elitist or whatever in pre-communist China, they were the villain. You had the Jews who were the villain, you had the witches who were the villain, you had the the English Empire who was the villain, you had slaveholders in the Civil War who was the villain. And now the villain is who, Dave? Who's the villain today? Well, the the villain today takes is anybody who is in the oppressor class, which is the West, because the yep. West has success. So p- part of yep. the one of the things that <clears throat> that um, always uh, sort of 
uh, is an attribute of the villain is the villain has more power or privilege or something perceived yeah. than the, than the, than the oppressed person does. So, yeah. you know, in, so if, if you look at like Jewish history and conspiracy theories and all of that kind of stuff, there, there were yeah. often times when Jewish folks were, were, uh, very good at banking. Now, why were they yeah. very good? At, I don't know why they're very good at banking. They were just very good at banking. Yeah. So, you know, but, but people will look at that or they will look there, at. There were there tribes of Native Americans who were really good at working on high rise buildings without fall protection. And they were imported thousands of miles because they were really good at that. Like, I don't know why. Sure. Well, and I mean, <laughs> you can take a look at you can take a look at at any group of people and look at just all sorts of you. You could say, well, uh, uh, Asian folks are really good at math. Why are they really good at math? Well, maybe culturally their their parents make them be really good at math. Or, maybe maybe you know. they study really hard. Yeah, that could be part but, of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so it doesn't even really matter why it is right. the case. But there is a perception right. that it's unfair. So, so if, so again, pick, pick your, pick your oppressor class or perceived oppressor class and say, they have unfair advantage over you. They're no better than you. And see, this is also where we confuse the 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 Jews in in Germany is just a crystal clear example is because they had fought valiantly in world war one. Yes. They had done, they had done all the things you would expect a citizen to do. And yet they were to blame for the failure in world war one. They were the blame of the military. They had, they were, the story was that they were stealing people's money because they were the, right. the in the finance industry and they were manipulating and stealing people. And this is the story that that came to be that they had ruined Germany, yeah. not the people who made the dumb decisions to get them into World right. War One the way they did. The Jews had ruined Germany, and therefore the Jews had to pay. Right, and 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 that's why over the last few weeks I've, I keep coming back to the villain today is people with traditional judeo-christian values yeah especially if you're a white heterosexual man oh yeah um but even if you're a clarence thomas who is not a white heterosexual man right um he has he has very strong traditional judeo-christian beliefs and therefore he is just as much a villain as me and you maybe more right and so we've established who the villain is here it's people who who support or whatever uh, uh, believe in traditional Judeo-Christian values. Now, people right. might be listening to this and saying, like people today might be listening to this and saying, that's not right, Brian. That's not right. Do you? Th- where do you think that that might be off, Dave? Because to me, it's like crystal clear. Well, I, I mean, I, I think it is crystal clear because it's it's those – there's a direct connection between those values and those belief systems and the success of the West. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you take a look at, at, at Western cultures versus, you know, cultures in, you know, other portions of the world, well, why is it that in the United States, for instance, I think we produce or we create something like 48% of the, of the world's uh, new medical breakthroughs. Well, why is that? We're a very right. small, we're 6% of the world's population. Well, why is that? Well, that's not yeah. fair. It must be because in it, in it, I would, I would, I would uh, propose that it's because the systems that we have set up have proven themselves to be better systems, regardless of who you plug into it, regardless of what races or genders or whatever you yeah. plug into it, the system is a better system. But if we so say capitalism, that yeah, yep. capitalism, and, free markets, freedom, and, and cheap, energy which you if you have a belief that god put you here to multiply and prosper whatever the whatever the terminology was 
and the things on the earth were here to serve man, including oil, <laughs> yep. um, then cheap energy and capitalism, I would argue, is why I live a lifestyle that is better than every generation prior to me. I would, I would say those are the yeah, two I, things. I, probably I think that's that undeniable. Here, right? I think that's undeniable. So, two things that are under attack today are cheap energy. We have to have renewable, like whatever. Again, as long as it's not the thing my parents had and grandparents had, right. it's good, whether it's really good or not. So we have wind farms and solar farms. And again, I'm not anti wind and solar, right? But there's times where it's not as great. Like it's killing whales and it's killing birds and things are happening that we just, we just ignore. Yep. But those are the same things that we, we use to, to justify why oil was bad. So we're going after cheap energy. We have to have this new way of doing energy and we're going after capitalism. And anybody who supports those, are generally people with traditional Judeo-Christian values. And, and part of the problem with that is there is a recognition that there's problems, and there are problems. I mean, so, yeah. so Western culture has not created perfection utopia. Western culture, so the, the fact that we've been able to, yeah, I mean, it's it's completely undeniable by anybody who has any sense of of history and fact that that the the technical advances and the advances in lifestyle in, in the West have have had their foundation on cheap energy. It's yep. anybody who denies that has no clue about the world. Yep. Um, but but cheap energy has not created fairness for everybody. Has not created uh, you know a utopia. The same thing's true right. with capitalism or what I would I prefer. I don't like the word capitalism as much as I like the word free markets. Free markets, uh, you yep. know, giving people the freedom to try and to succeed and to fail. And uh, you know, I have tried and I've succeeded and I've failed. I've gone both yeah. both ends of that spectrum. So I'm I'm not you know I'm not utopia on that either. But so there there is the problem that we end up with. Is then saying that these things have not have not led to an elimination of racism because there's still racism. Yep. There's still people that don't yep. like other people because of the race. It hasn't led to uh, complete fairness in in any space. And so, therefore, the problem is then the next problem. And this is where the youth, then in particular, you know, get up in arms and get clever rhyming slogans and march on various places. Yeah. Is <clears throat> That because of of that, this system must be corrupt because a, yep. a non-corrupt system would have led to utopia where it is fair, where everything's fair, where there's no oppressed, where everybody's equal, where everybody's equal outcomes, everybody's got the same amount of money, yep. the whole thing. And this is where that then I think the the I, the attack on Western culture comes, not from the perspective of. Well, there are problems still that exist despite the fact that we've had an incredible success. And what we want to do because of those problems is we want to tweak the system. This system, there's yep. no question if for anybody that has any, any sense of historical perspective that Western culture has done. And by culture, I mean, you know, our basic system of organizing of a, a yeah. society has done better for human beings everywhere in the world, even those in, not in the West has done better for human beings than any other thing that's ever come along. Yeah. And that's Judeo Christian. A lot of it comes from, from the, the, uh, the sort of Jerusalem and Greek Greece, if you will. Yep. Uh, science and and yeah. and values, etc. Yeah, um, Greece and Rome and, and Egypt. I mean, they, all these all these places had a tremendous amount to, to to build towards what we have now. Yeah. Right. And so so then, but but the idea is not to to tweak those things because it's not a it 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 doesn't fuel the passions to say, I want to change the system 5% to be more fair, to be better. Right, 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 it tweaks right. <laughs> the, the, the passions get inflamed when you say, I want to burn the whole thing down and come up with yeah. a, a new flu system. Baby. 
And these people, the, these are the, these are the poster children for unfairness and for evil and for every bad thing that's happened in the world, regardless of whether they have created the system or not, or they're just living within the system. So that, those yeah. are the, the falsehoods that are part of this, are part of the sort of the crisis culture that we live in today. Yeah. And one of the things that I think that specifically for, for younger, not just young, but younger people, how this manifests itself today, which is wildly different from when I grew up is one of the things that for people with Judeo-Christian values is, is we, we have a belief that the world is unfair, but I'm still responsible for, for well over 80% of my problems. Right. Like the problems I have in my life are, are generally because of me or because I made them worse. Right. And, and that notion has just, that is almost a, a faux pas to even say something like that right. nowadays exactly. in certain places. Right. Like, like that specific thing, like the, the idea that I'm responsible, even though life is unfair and we all agree life is unfair. Like yep. I don't have physical or mental abilities of lots of people. I wish I did. Uh, and I have privilege over other people. Like there's no question like this is yeah. just how it works. Right. And I am responsible for well over 80% of the problems or I make them worse. Yeah. That idea if is just is just being crushed and and that is so enticing to a young person like well I've been told by my parents let's say that that I need to do better because I'm the problem and then somebody comes along and says you're not the problem. Right. Like the way great granddaddy set up the system that's the problem. Right. Well, if I have a choice of blaming me for my problems or they for my problems when you're 19, that's a pretty easy choice. That's a very easy choice. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's almost always an easy choice. It's especially easy when you're 19, especially because yeah. you you feel like, and, and it's true, when you're 19 or 20 years old, you've had very little control over what's happened in the world around you. Yeah. And yet you see problems. And so, therefore, that that notion that the world is fundamentally broken and I'm new on the scene and I'm going to take my shot at fixing it and yeah. I'm going to be able to get it done. And, and we don't, to your point, when we first started talking, we don't have the experience, a.k.a. we don't have a history of experiencing the negative consequences right. from going through situations where the thing that sounds really good turns out to be the worst possible thing Absolutely. we could have chosen. Eating candy every day sounds really good until you have diabetes <laughs> and no teeth and you're right. whatever. Like, like you don't have that when you're young. And so, right. of course, blaming everyone else is the is the more preferred path. Exactly. But and and that's why it's so weird for for people like you and I who who grew up in a culture where that was not the like American exceptionalism was was partly derived from or developed through people figuring that they were the problem and they needed how to figure out how to be right. to do better or right. be better and be more productive and and be a better salesperson or be a better husband or whatever if i'm having problems it's my fault i need to fix it and that is in large part what we attributed to american exceptionalism yeah yeah and now that's that's going the way of the dodo bird well and yeah there i i, I remember growing up and i remember you know, you saw this flurry of self-help books, Norman Vincent Peale, all this stuff yeah. that came out in the 50s and the 60s. There was this notion, and, and this, again, the, the generations, there was this notion after we in the West won World War II that we've done yeah. great things and we will do greater things still. So there, so the, the primary motivating factor was aspiration, not yeah. destruction. 
now, since that time, you know, and, and a lot of that's happened and a lot of, you know, we, we did, we did yoga, we did, you know, Yule Gibbons and, and eating grape nuts and we did all these things yeah. to try and get better, but the world's still not perfect. And then, then right. things started to unwind, things started to unravel to use the, the fourth turning terminology. And, and then it, we, we come to a point right now where we look around and we see everything unraveling and we think, the flaw is not within ourselves. The flaw is within the world. And therefore, we need to burn down the world and restart it again. Now, yeah. what, what is likely to happen is, as has happened time and time again, is the world will uh, unravel in a great yep. phenomenal crisis, hopefully that will survive, but it will unravel yeah. in a great phenomenal crisis like it has every 80-ish years going back in, in history. Yeah. And then from that, if we overcome the crisis, if we if we truly overcome the crisis, then we will look back and say, we overcame this great crisis. We will be aspirational again and we'll yep. in some way try to better ourselves and better society. Uh, and, and then in some, you know, some number of years, Kenny G will look back and say, yeah, I remember that when I was a kid. Uh, yep. And then things well, will start to well, unravel I think what again. Part of what happens is young and old through the, the, the process of overcoming the crisis established shared values. Again. Yes, Exactly. Yeah, shared I, values. And I think that's much because because you don't have a uh, an idea. We we wouldn't all be able to agree on what success looks like for our country, right? It's it's kind of implied coming out of the crisis. It, it was implied coming out of the Revolutionary War. It was implied coming out of the Civil War. Like it was implied coming out of World War II and the Great Depression. It's not like it's it's nowhere near implied right now. Well, there's, yeah, because it's simple. No clear vision. No. No shared vision of what success right. is for a country today. Well, because coming out of all of those crises, the, there was one shared vision, and that was survive. Yeah. Live. Right. Just don't die. So, and, if, and you, we had to develop new court, new shared values. Right. Through exactly. that process. Well, there, yeah. there's, there's an appeal to that. So if, if, if the entire society has a, a singular shared value, we put all this other stuff aside that we're arguing about, and we say, Look, all we know is that if we don't all work together, we're all going to die together. We're all live yep. together. We're all going to die together. Then yep. we'll all we'll end up all working together to survive. And if we yep. do survive, we'll say we all worked together to survive. What can we yep. all work together to do now? Yep. What we'll have that hey, experience. You're not that bad, even though you're a gasp Jew yeah. or a <laughs> Christian or you're not all that bad. Turns out like, right. hey. I, I've learned I can like people like you. Wow, what a concept. We'll have that experience. We'll have we'll have a shared yeah. societal experience of overcoming something great. And therefore, yeah. we'll set upon the notion from there to achieve greater things. Maybe next time around, assuming we survive the crisis, assuming we all work together, we survive the crisis. And then somebody like a Kennedy will come along and say, we're, we're uh, committing ourselves and our nation and our and society to achieving interstellar travel within the next 10 years and do the other things right. too. Something, some, yeah. you know, aspirational speech that yeah. really couldn't take place now, but was perfectly set, you know, 12, 15 right. years after World War II. Yeah, which would be all the things that forty years later, all the kids will be talking about what a what a bastard that guy was and how exactly. he ruined everything. <laughs> and and it rolls around and it rolls yep. around and it rolls around because that's what humans do. Yeah. I, I gotta tell you, so you were talking about the the self help stuff that came out in the fifties and sixties. I listened to Earl Nightingale. Oh yeah, the night before last, I think. Oh, love Earl <laughs> oh, Nightingale. Yeah, uh, and, and I gotta say, when we, when you and I set out to do this, I never imagined I would see you sing. In an episode, I, that that I, I did not predict. So I'm glad we got that under our belt for sure. Absolutely. Uh, don't forget if you're listening and you think these guys are not explaining what this is like right now correctly, 
please go to unsilentpodcast.com. Uh, check out our Rumble channel and where the videos are posted there. Great place for you to put a comment in. We'd love to hear your perspective. How are we explaining what this moment in time feels like incorrectly or where do you think we're getting it right? Be great to have some input on on uh, helping Kenny G understand, you know, however many 60 years from now, 65 years from now, what this moment was like as they look back. So until next time, this is Dave and Brian signing off. See you next week. Do you want to be on silent? Make your voice heard on our social media channels and share where you think we got it right or wrong. Go to unsilentpodcast.com for social links so you can join the discussion. 